Welcome to the Unblocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of rambling wrecks. Welcome back to Unblocking Crypto. We're on episode number 26, and I'm excited to have Adam Wirt back to chat a little bit about, about NFTs. Prior to doing that, let's recap what's happened in the past week. And there's been some interesting news. Israel is working on banning cash payments. So anything over $4,400 in the near future will have somewhere between a 50 to 30% fine. Um, so more reason to have some sort of currency that is a little bit more private. Uh, Ledger is even adding support for 100 different Cardano native tokens. So we, we've talked about Cardano in the past, and it's exciting to see that um, other companies are supporting what Cardano is doing. Now, 100 tokens, I think the way they decided that was based on which ones are being used the most, since there's probably close to 5 million different Cardano native tokens that are supported on their blockchain. Um, and then we had a really interesting event happen in history. This is the first time that it's happened. The value of the top four stable coins, uh, their market cap is now larger than the Ethereum market cap. Uh, what's also interesting is these companies are changing and while tether used to be the overall leader at about 88 percent market share they're now down to about 45. usdc had a, a pretty large increase uh, at over 4x to get to about 38 percent um busd increased over 12 times to 12 percent and Dai increased about four times to five percent so it is becoming more common to have multiple players, which is exciting. Um, and then for those of you that are paying attention to the Bitcoin price, um, this bear market is actually the least severe that we have had so far. So it's only down about 74%, um, whereas some of the other ones in comparison, in 2011, it was down 93%. In 2015, 84%. Uh, also in 2018, or sorry, 2015 and 2018, and then 2020, it was down 75%. So uh, could still go down further, could go up from here. Only time will tell, although this one is definitely the largest in scale and magnitude, just with the dollars involved. All right, so enough with that. Um, Adam, welcome back. And uh, I'm excited to talk more about NFTs today. And I'm hoping you're going to show us a little bit more about what an NFT project looks like and what to expect if you get into one. Awesome. Hey, thanks, man, for having me. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Awesome. So for those that are joining in, uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, necessarily buying NFTs or what that process looks like. So listen to, uh, it may have been the last episode that I was on where we talk about having a MetaMask wallet and understanding what these um, you know places like OpenSea, these marketplaces are, are for and what they do. Today, we're really going to focus in on what an NFT project could look like. Um, a lot of times NFT projects are defined with a roadmap and when people are looking to invest, they want to take a very close look at the roadmap to see how serious the developers are and the project managers are that are, that are creating the project. And if the roadmap looks really, really sound, um, then it may be something that they go uh, get, get involved in. And if there's a lot of holes in the roadmap, it may be something where you pull back and say, this one's, this one's not for me. Uh, there is an NFT project that I've been involved when involved with for right around eight months, nine months. So you can see that these NFT projects can last for a long time and they're kind of designed that way. They want to keep investor 
uh, excitement up and they want to keep uh, milestones on the roadmap uh, front and center as the project moves along. Um, you won't see a tremendous number of NFT projects last more than, you know, two, three weeks a month and they run out of gas. And that happens a lot because the roadmap maps not established or um, <clears throat> perhaps it's just a, what they call a, a, a degen play where it's just people trying to pump up the price and get out. Uh, and those are projects you definitely don't want to be a part of. Um, so the one that I want to talk about today is called, uh, the project is called Nuclear Nerds. And uh, the way I found out about this one is they started telling the prologue to the story of this NFT on Twitter. And so early on, we learned that the roadmap for this NFT project was going to be intellectual property storytelling. It's going to try and be one of the biggest, strongest storytelling NFT projects. There's lots of different kinds of NFT projects. There's art, there's profile picture, there's storytelling, there's uh, tokenomics, there's all kinds of NFT projects. But this one is specifically going to be uh, a storytelling um, NFT project. And Jason, feel free to jump in if, if you want to dig deeper or pull back and, and uh, pause on anything I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, this is this is super interesting. I will jump in, but uh, I think you're doing a great job explaining the different types. That's, that's helpful. Okay, great. So for this one, uh, the way I found out about it was on Twitter. I have a uh, active uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, I have a couple of different accounts I use, but I'm pretty active on Twitter. And the way that I heard about this one was people have been retweeting some of their early prologue tweets where the the story is about a character who works on a naval base named Norm. And he is in charge of this party at the naval base. And he's tweeting out about how he's going to get drugs and alcohol and how he's not being treated right. And he's just saying, you know, whatever, we're just going to throw this massive party. And what happens is this, this series of events that roll out on Twitter show how this nuclear apocalypse begins. And so you start to see where nuclear nerds make sense in the prologue where this character named Norm on Twitter, who's an avatar who's acting out on Twitter, uh, sets off all the nuclear missiles basically that we have and, and just discreetly uh, completely destroys uh, the planet. The people that are left are the nerds in their basement playing video games, gamers, uh and, and various other different ways but for the most part uh we are to believe that the the people that survive are the nerds right and it's like this whole play on the nerds are going to be the one that's that, that bring the population back and save us and so they're appealing to a certain um a certain character type who would be interested in something like this someone who's into gaming someone who's into uh like sort of nerd culture um and what they've done is they've hired a a, a pretty well-known uh, artist named Adam Archer to do some preliminary artwork to sort of you know, flesh out what the storyline looks like and it captures people's, people's attention. And then what happens is they start to slowly roll out the roadmap on Twitter and tell you when the mint is going to be and how you can be involved in the mint. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to build up excitement and uh, scarcity at the same time so that there are just more people wanting to do that, to mint this NFT project than there are uh, actual NFTs, or at least a passionate enough community base that they will um, buy multiple of these NFTs. Um, so the way they set this one up is there were 9,000 unique art NFTs. They're all unique, but they're not always unique art. These are all completely different pieces of artwork. And the way they do this a lot of times using um, you know, computer coding is they'll have 
traits for all different characters. So for example, they'll have um, what kind of shoes you're wearing, what kind of clothes you're wearing, what kind of hat you're wearing, maybe something you're holding in your hand. All of these are different, unique traits. And so what they'll do is they design these characters in such a way that a computer can randomize the traits, whatever you're holding in your hand, whatever you're wearing on your eyes, and it will still look good on every single character, no matter what, as you randomize it. Caveat being there are some female characters and some male characters, and you won't see a female character on a male, on a, you know, a male, a female trait on a male character, that type of thing. So what you end up seeing is 9,000 unique pieces of art. And a lot of times these projects will mix in very unique, what they'll call one of one art characters. Um, and for the sake of this project that are very crucial to the story. So if you're lucky enough to mint one of these uh, one of one pieces of art that are, that are no traits are like any of the other traits, they're, they're completely unique. You've basically, a lot of times you're talking about 10 ETH, you're talking about 80, you're talking about 12 ETH, you're talking about a very expensive piece of art that's highly coveted in the community. Um, so a lot of people will mint multiple of the NFTs in hopes that they'll luckily get that one of one. Um, and so as the prologue story unfolds on Twitter, we learn whether or not we've made the whitelist by entering into um, whether it be some competitions, they'll have you do like, you know, uh, they'll have you do your own unique artwork if you're kind of an artsy type or they'll have you do some storytelling um, to try and challenge you. And then sometimes you'll win what they call whitelist spots. Um, and that is basically your guaranteed ticket into the mint. Um, uh, as this story went into mint mode, they kicked out an early roadmap, which let us know that this was going to be a Web3 uh, entertainment experience. This idea is, if you think about like Star Wars, um, when Star Wars first kicked off, uh, it, it was a story. It was it was potentially written down. It was kicked around. It was talked about. You know, how are they going to make this movie? Uh, and you get some investors involved, and and you hope that when you go to the box office, it's going to be hit. When when Star Wars came out, they did not think that it was going to be hit. It was it was not like this. Uh, we have a winner on our hands kind of thing. Um, so. It, it was obviously one of the most popular stories ever told afterwards and and was built out into this unbelievable IP, but it wasn't that it wasn't that way when it first started. So the, the idea behind these Web3 entertainment experiences is you can create this IP that is funded by the community and owned by the community. Now, a lot of people talk about um, owning intellectual property. And what does that look like? Uh, it's still kind of being ironed out. It's not it's not technically uh, sound yet that if if you're a part of an intellectual property based NFT project that you will own the rights to anything because I think it gets into securities and how like you're guaranteeing um, or promising something to someone when you're selling them so it's a little gray still but still a lot of people are excited about the idea of being part of a project that may turn into a Netflix show that may turn into a movie that may turn into a series of shorts or may end up on cable TV or something like that. Um, and so this project is in that vein. The idea is to build out this really interesting story that could potentially be picked up by Netflix or turned into a comic book. And I'll get into that because it actually is becoming a comic book as we go. Um, and so the idea, as we move down further, you mint your, you mint your NFT and it becomes your key to this project. Um, a lot of times in this project specifically, that is the case. In a lot of projects, the, the website uh, for the project becomes sort of your dashboard for what you can and can't do 
with the project. And in this particular case, for Nuclear Nerds, your NFT is your voting right into how we will tell the story. Every uh, so often, it isn't set in stone, but every so often, uh, the, the, the community will write chapters to the story. So as of right now in the Nuclear Nerds, we're at like chapter four or five, and we've all been writing uh, the story and we've been submitting it to the website. Now what the dev team does and what the management team does is they look at all the writing of all the people who own NFTs and they take the best cream of the crop. They take the four or five best um, story prompts is what they call it. And they put it to a vote in the community and they do it on the blockchain. And so your NFT becomes a vote into the storytelling. So if you own 20 of these nuclear nerds, your vote is stronger than someone who would own two of these nuclear nerds. And so it's really been a great way to engage the community and keep them excited about it. I, I myself uh, have been able to get about three or four of my ideas into the lore, into the canon, into the major part of the story. And it's fun to see that play out because what happens is they get this artist to pen a comic book every time a new chapter comes out, a digital comic book. And your NFT is also your ticket to that that issue of that comic. So as of right now, everyone who owns an NFT uh, gets one comic per chapter. So I own four of these nuclear nerds. Uh, that means I have uh, eight total because we've, we have, we've published two chapters. So I have two on each of my uh, nuclear nerds. Um, so um, it's really been kind of exciting to see your your words kind of make their way into the lore of the story explain that part one more time to me how do you sure. own sure so so every nft in this project it gives you a voting right into the story and so on the on the website there are these uh these submission forms where you can write part of the story and, and it, it, it gives you some, some, some nudging, like there's gonna be two new characters. What are their names? And what are they doing? How did they get there? And it's kind of, it's supposed to be sort of short and sweet so that we can sort of elaborate and, and, and um, vote on it a lot easier than if it was like a really long winded thing. Um, and so for example, one of the, one of the prompts in the story was, um, you know, they stumble upon a, a old ice cream truck that's broken down what is the name of the ice cream truck and, and how did it get there? And so there was a piece of story that I wrote that made it into the final and actually got voted through by the community. Um, and so your voting power lies with your NFT ownership. Um, and so they airdrop a comic that is tied to the NFT itself. So for everyone that I have, I'm airdropped an issue of the comic. and as the chapters un, uh, unveil, you're allowed and, and you're able to upgrade the chapter art to the new artwork for that chapter. They designed artwork for every single uh, chapter that comes out. So you have like an issue of a comic book, for those of you that are familiar with that or read comic books growing up. Um, each each uh, book has a different kind of artwork as it goes through the series. Uh, another uh, thing that they've done is they've said that if, if anyone at the end of this project holds all 13 chapters uh, of the digital um, comic book, they will actually print a physical full book and send it out to the people that own all those. So there's some incentive to kind of keep collecting as you go. Did that answer your question? I may not have answered that. Yeah, so how are you actually getting a copy of that comic book? 
Like, is right. it because you're submitting something, or is there a different it's way to every, do it? Well, it's every single person that owns a nuclear nerd, that their NFT, their unique NFT, there's 9,000 of them, is, is airdropped, airdropped a new NFT into their wallet that um, is tied to that comic specifically. You can, uh, you can untie it and sell it, and then your NFT no longer has a comic book tied to it, or you can just keep it tied to your NFT, and there will always be this digital version. So imagine your NFT is a piece of artwork. It looks like a character, maybe holding a weapon. Uh, it's got like a unique background or whatever. Uh, as long as you hold that when they do the airdrop, you um, are the owner of a digital version of the comic book, and you're able to upgrade that comic from chapter zero to one all the way to 13. And the one thing that they've done that's also pretty cool is your voting power increases as you upgrade your chapters. So technically, if you have four nuclear nerds, you could, you could potentially keep them all at chapter zero and never upgrade them, but your voting power stays the same. But if you took those four, and let's say you bought 10 more of the people who had un untied their NFTs and you had 14 total, and then you keep upgrading as the chapters go so that you've had all the unique different covers, your voting power, your voting power continues to increase beyond what it normally would be if you had just been holding, just been holding one NFT and one digital comic cover. Does that make sense? I know it's a little confusing. I think, yeah, so I think so. So I think the big thing is they're incentivizing you to hold and not sell. Exactly. Get, uh, an added benefit at the end. Okay, that makes more sense. Exactly. And that also helps the what's called, you know, the floor price, or it helps uh, the community who's looking to get involved when they see that there's not, you know, out of 9,000, let's say 5,000 are listed for sale. That doesn't put a lot of hope in your heart that this project's doing very well. So um, it's another way to sort of incentivize people hold on to their NFTs and stay involved in the project. And, and I feel like it's worked pretty well. Um, so the, the, the big idea also behind this roadmap is that as we're co-authoring the story, there's going to be pivotal moments down the road over the roadmap where we will be airdropped new NFTs that do things in this world. And this, and this part hasn't been explored yet with this project, but it would look something like this. You own four um, nuclear nerds. Uh, one of your nerds holds something in their hand that's got a unique attribute. At an airdrop in the future, you'll be given something that's specific to that attribute. Let's say you have a backpack or you have, uh, you're holding some kind of food or a weapon or something like that. Your attack ability will be, will be higher or your food gathering ability. It's almost like gamification. Again, I'm speculating this hasn't been fully fleshed out yet, but the, one, of the, one of the pieces, uh, one of the highlights on the roadmap is scavenging in the wasteland and it's represented by this backpack and we all know we're going to be airdropped a backpack and we'll be able to put things in our backpack as we go so there's this sort of excitement behind um an airdrop uh where we're trying to stay alive in the wasteland so while the storytelling is going on on the website and in the discord and on twitter where we're all talking about how we want the story to unfold uh, there's actually gamification going on with the website where you're being airdropped new NFT characters based on what you have, new items based on what you already have. Um, and there's even uh, some NFTs that before the reveal had what were called mystery traits. And uh, the mystery traits were unknown. They, were just, they just had a name. And one of them, one of the mystery traits was Caterpillar. And so if you owned a Caterpillar, you were kind of excited like what's going to happen. There's speculation. And sure enough, at some point, 
uh, the NFT artwork, the meta change from your nerd to this sort of cocoon character that was uh, a gift with all kinds of like arms and legs and creepy things coming out of it. And you could tell that there was some some nuclear changes happening within your NFT. And then at a later date, it was revealed and it had a whole new background that was unique and no one else had these backgrounds. And it actually grew these massive wings. And so we'll, we'll know, we know that these caterpillar characters are going to be able to fly somehow in the wasteland later as the story unfolds. And maybe there will be some uh, unique utility for these flying characters in the story. Um, I know that's a lot, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but the, but the other mystery traits are going to unfold and do other things. Uh, and those haven't been revealed yet. And so if you look at the roadmap for a project like Nuclear Nerd, it starts off with this unique storytelling, and then it goes into uh, being able to vote and co-author the story, and then future airdrops knowing that your NFT is the key to um, possibly future NFTs that tie into the project and make the intellectual property more exciting and more unique and more valuable. Um, that's so, cool. yeah, so okay. another thing is... Quick question for you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah Jim. So from a, a roadmap perspective, do they have kind of a timeline on any of this? Or is this um, just a, well, it'll get rolled out as it happens? Yeah, so they do have dates on everything on the roadmap. And a lot of it's supposed to roll out this year. It says like second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, 2022. And some of it even gets into 2023. Um, but like any NFT project in a bear market, things slow down. Uh, everyone sort of understands that there's going to be um, some delays on things. But for the most part, they've been pretty good in this project. And um, uh, they've hit most of their, their deadlines so far, pushed some back. But, but yeah, and another aspect that other projects have done this, but this is kind of, to me, a, a more unique way to approach it. You've seen projects where you can add like a mutation. Like I believe Board Ape Yacht Club had a mutant serum where you could turn your Board Ape into a mutinate and keep both. Does that, does that sound about right about how they did that? You got to keep your Board Ape and keep your mutant? Yep, exactly. So the, the idea behind it was just, oh, what a cool function. You can uh, see what happens when you mutate your NFT and what would it look like? Well, part of the storyline for nuclear nerds is that eventually at some point these nerds are going to have to repopulate uh this this world that they're that they're overcoming there's lots of enemies that are going to unfold in the storyline there's lots of uh, pieces down the line in the story but at the very end repopulation is part of that and so they made it very clear from the beginning that you probably want to match up your male and your female nfts so that you have some some good pairings and this almost acts on this idea of mutation but that you would take a male NFT of your nerd and a female and have this new NFT that's created uh, to repopulate, to give you even more incentive to maybe have pairs and that kind of thing. And the idea behind this repopulation is that if once the storyline progresses far along enough, we will um, be in some sort of new environment, new world, whatever that may be. And then the IP can continue because now you have to talk about what is the story like as you're repopulating. So, uh, think of, I go back to the Star Wars idea. There were lines from the original Star Wars movie that were just throwaway lines, absolutely throwaway. They, they said something about the Clone Wars uh, in, I think it was like Obi-Wan Kenobi makes, a, makes a, a side reference to the Clone Wars. 
that was just a throwaway line in the original movie. Look at it now. There's an entire uh, animated series about the Clone Wars that, is, that has made, you know, unbelievable amounts of money and created new canon and new storyline spinoffs with Star Wars. It's the same thing is possible with these these um, NFT projects if they become popular enough. Some of the things that we're doing could become spinoffs down the road. So it, it, it's it's something that I think keeps the community excited as they look at the roadmap and they look at what the the future is and how we're all going to be uh, a part of that ride. Another thing that they do is on each of the comic books, you're able to put in your author name, and so. Um, if you, you know, kind of zoom in on the second page of any of these comic books, you can see all of our names written down, that kind of thing. So there's, there's real community buy-in and the devs have done a good job of reciprocating our hard work and our efforts and making sure that, that we're known. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of a, a summary. There's a lot more sort of details, um, at, at every stage of the process, but that's sort of the, the summary of what an NFT project can look like on a roadmap uh, as it relates to this genre, which is storytelling. There's lots of different storytelling projects where um, the community is involved in some way or another, or or maybe they're not. Maybe it's just the dev team and the, and the community managers and project managers for this NFT are just telling the story and you're just a part of it. But in this particular one, we're actually co-authoring and very involved in the project. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, and uh, like I said, for for a project to be going on eight nine months now in the NFT world is 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 pretty rare, and, and it speaks to uh, the community involvement and the sort of excitement level around all the people that are involved. Yeah, this, so that that's really interesting, and I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, what is the or what was the mint price for Nuclear Nerds? Do you remember? You know. Yeah, I think a lot of times they do sort of funny mean culture pricing. I want to say it was like 0.069 mint. Um, a lot of times they'll do stuff like that, or, or they'll do like 0.0420. They'll play on 420 and 59. So again, is that kind of a joke? Um, they've they've moved away from that uh, language a little bit, but but I want to say it was like 0.069 if I remember correctly. Perfect. And then I think one of the benefits of owning the IP is if this ever does turn into a movie or Netflix show or something like that, the profit that is made could be airdropped to the community. Is that the way you guys look at it? Yeah. A part of it, I guess. Yeah. they A lot of the NFT projects early on that we're doing that, I think, are pulling back a little bit now because there's some technical reason why maybe they can't do that. But I, I do think there's lots of ways to reward the community with experiences and other things other than just profit. Because I think when your NFT is yielding a profit, there's some, there's there's some, there's something there, there's something that triggers there. I, I, I don't want to say security, but there's something where you're promising uh, someone to have potential future profit that's not realized yet. I, I forget exactly how they worded it, but, but yes, there's definitely uh, a, a benefit to uh, having ownership in a project that, that goes uh, mainstream uh, as it relates to being rewarded for your your, um, your your desire to stick around and your loyalty and all that stuff. I guess the other thing is if it takes off and you have a character that makes sense to use in mainstream, you can use it to create your own brand or 
restaurant version or whatever it is going to be, right? I think some yeah. of the board eight yacht clubs have tried to do stuff like that. Yeah, so let's say, for example, and this is another great thing about it. If you're a really, really good uh, creative uh, type who's really good at art who, or who's very good at writing, and let's say, for example, you just you just do a great job of writing the story in such a way that your character becomes extremely popular um, in the show or whatever, then you have that intellectual property rights to your NFT. You can then go down and turn a profit if, without, however you want to do it. If you want to create merchandise, you're allowed to do that. But that is very clear. You, you can do that. It's just when they start promising you profits and things like that, that's where it gets a little gray. But yes, if, if you you know, really bust your hump and you, you fight for your character or, or some version uh, of, of the story where you're involved, uh, you can absolutely use your NFT for intellectual property and profit from uh, whatever you decide to do with it. This is really cool. So Adam, I really appreciate this. I mean, it's a, a great example of an NFT that is um, lasting a lot longer than the, the typical pump and dump phase that most of them yeah. have done. Um, so it's exciting for people to hear, I think, how NFTs can form communities and how those communities can kind of stick together and create new things. So thank you very much for for sharing this. Um, this, this is fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. And one thing that you'll notice about projects like these, there's this, and I've seen this in maybe three or four, where you get these unique trait uh, NFTs where some are very rare and some are not as rare. What ends up happening is there's a sort of tier in the or price where let's say for example with this project the the, the less rare nfts the floor price is hovering around 0.1 to 0.3 uh you get into some of the more rare unique ones that have interesting traits that people are putting more value in um you're getting into the 0.5 to 0.6 ETH, and then you're getting into the really rare ones that are in the top you know 200 out of 9,000, and you're talking about one ETH and over so you can't just look at the floor price and say, oh, this is just a, you know, all, all of these are the same. They're not, they're, they're, they're all different. And you have to kind of do research and, and look at the different um, qualities and traits and see what you think maybe the community's valuing and sort of listening. But that's just, for people that may be researching it, uh, dig deep on the, on the different traits and the pricing and how that's structured, it's kind of interesting. Yep, that's awesome. And this is on the Ethereum blockchain, correct? It is, yeah. So you can find this on OpenSea and all the other marketplaces that, that uh, are based in Ethereum. Perfect. And my uh, gas tracker for Ethereum is hitting new lows, I feel like, lately. I don't know if you paid much attention to it, but it's it was at like four um, yeah. earlier this morning. So it is uh, crazy how cheap <laughs> gas I, is on I, Ethereum I, right now. I definitely time out a lot of my projects that require uh, small amounts of gas for processes on the website. Um, and yeah, it's been nice to see gas not be, you know, 40, 50, $60 every time you want to do something. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I appreciate you helping to educate people on, on NFTs and uh, we'll have to do this again and, and talk about some other NFT um, ideas in the, yeah, in the near I, future. I appreciate you having me on, and I'd love to. There's lots of, like I said, there's lots of different 
uh, ways that NFT utilities play out in project style. And so we can we can definitely talk about another one that, that's completely different and does that, that does completely different things. Perfect. Well, thanks, Adam, and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for journeying down the crypto rabbit hole with us. If you're interested in learning more about crypto, please join our private Facebook group, Unblocking Crypto. It's a small community discussing new ideas and just asking questions to learn more. Hope to interact with you there.